From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Today is a beautiful Tuesday morning, starting off a beautiful Tuesday morning. Looks like it may be raining here later on today. Let's hope that holds off till tonight, but... Uh, otherwise, a good start to a Tuesday. Absolutely right, Derek. And had a good weekend. Uh, you said you didn't do a whole lot this weekend. You were, I guess, you had the weekend off for soccer and stuff like that. Bo doesn't play. He doesn't play travel soccer anymore. No, just for the school. Just for the school. Yeah, exactly. So we traveled down on day. Went down to uh, Ballard Park there in Tupelo. Real nice park down there. Uh, they had baseball going on, soccer going on. So overcast all day, but real nice facilities. And, and had an opportunity to play some soccer and, and everything. But ended up being rained out uh, after the weather. Was there bad weather on Saturday night? I could. <laughs> quite <laughs> i mean i'm not laughing at anybody but wow it was bad I, had, you know, I remember you know i think it rained you know late friday night early saturday morning so actually more saturday morning stormed and then uh, again late saturday night uh, i had you know two or three strikes of course we live on the same street thought it was in my backyard yeah had to go make sure it didn't hit a tree you know i hope everybody was safe i hadn't heard anything or said anything nothing like you know unfortunately the lightning strike on uh the Goss's house right from the storm the a week before but anyway it's just a uh just a couple storms coming through kind of want to do some yard work had to postpone that for another week which i'm not too uh, upset about except for at some point it's going to uh catch up with us but what is a good time right now is to uh start not only getting your house your yard in shape but actually maybe looking for a house itself if you are in the market to buy or sell a home, I continue to say now is the time to reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 25,000 closings in the last 12 years on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. With over 64 years of combined real estate experience, there is no better team in DeSoto County than Team Couch or Birch Realty Group. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available to you when you need them. They've been voted DeSoto County's best realtors multiple times, and right now they are offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Again, that is a free, no-obligation market analysis about your home. It is a great time to list your house. Hernando and also DeSoto County Real Estate is higher than ever before. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is the time to list it with a realtor who can assist you and knows how the system works, knows about lending, knows about appraisals, knows all those different things. Again, like I said moments ago, 25,000 closings since 2009. Reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700 or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com for a free, no-obligation market analysis. Podcast recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday morning at the How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics right here under the water tower. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, thermometers, sauces, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or a really cool high-end smoker, Malcolm's Shop is your place. If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can give them a call at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Or find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm's Shop or stop by their shop just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics right here in Hernando. Matt, we've got a a good show today. We've got a couple of uh, announcements that we'll make on the show, kind of uh, one thing to go find and another thing coming up that uh, you and I will be involved with. But uh, before we get to that, we're going to kind of do our our normal MO. We'll start here locally in Hernando, and we do have an update, Matt, on the fence for the Linear Park on Mackinville Road. Update. The mayor has signed the supplemental agreement for the fence on Linear Park, which means they they now can order wrought iron materials uh, that should take about two weeks to get that order placed and get everything aligned. And then they should receive that in the next two or three weeks. And then installation will start right after that, so about three weeks from now. So we're looking for three to five week start time on this. So we'll say right before, probably the week before A-Fair. All right. Go ahead and get that fence started. Uh, ready for that uh, summer jog, <laughs> summer walk, summer bike pass. Ready to go. Right. The, uh, we've, we've joked around that. For, for new listeners, we have talked about the fence with the Linear Park here in Hernando 
multiple times. We start out, Derek, it was a chain link fence. Chain link. Chain link fence, which again, for the new listeners, is not allowed in the city of Fernando. That kind of worked its way into a different situation. Then we had some crime tape, uh, which again, I thought we were filming a little Law and Order. And then we have an orange fence now, the construction kind of fence that you have. It's kind of like those little temporary goals you have for soccer. Here you go. Yeah, a little temporary fence. Okay. And then we should have by a fair, so about, you know, May 14th or 15th, we should have that uh, wrought iron uh, right there, uh, which makes for a much nicer, aesthetically pleasing fence right there on Mackinville. I think most of us are ready for. Yeah. So again, that's the update. I know everybody, you know, you drive by it and you see a little chain link, a little orange tape, a little orange mesh. And now we'll finally be getting, and again, this all goes back to the original bid that was put in. It was all kind of part of a fencing and culvert bid. Uh, and nobody really took a, a look at, you know, how deep, you know, what kind of culvert or what kind of fencing. And, you know, it was not caught at the time. And so they put the chain link in, having to tear that down and not come back with this. But that is the update on that. So hopefully around the A-Fair, definitely by Memorial Day, we're looking at a brand new wrought iron fence there on the linear park. And the wrought iron fence, Derek, it, it may convince me to get out and start running on the linear park. I hope so. It's it's a po- I mean, it's possible. It's going to be a good-looking trailway right there. Well, we went from a 2% chance to – Double digits. I'll say double digits to getting back out there. I've seen you and your daughter. I can handle a bike bike. now. Yeah. Hey, it's ten foot wide. Let's go. (laughs) Well, it's only a matter of time before people start putting golf carts on it, right? (laughs) Man, I hope not. I don't think it's allowed. I hope not. Trust me, you will be seeing golf carts. Yes. You will be seeing golf carts. I did not carts. want to be dodging that at 5 well, a.m. I'm just saying there will be golf carts out there pretty soon. Allowed or not allowed, I think we'll see some golf carts pretty soon. Well, you know, Derek, speaking of the mayor signing the uh, the bill or signing the supplemental contract there to get the uh, rod iron done, speaking of the mayor, our sit-down with the last two mayors of Hernando, Mississippi, will be taking place tomorrow. Uh, we will be interviewing them about their candidacy for uh, the next term, for the next four years. Uh, we will be sitting down with them tomorrow asking them, you know, different questions, you know, you've heard all of our candidate interviews, or most of y'all have heard our candidate interviews. So we're going to uh, ask you know fair questions, but questions that Derek people have asked us you know to bring up. We've had new, we have numerous questions that people have mentioned to us, things that they'd like to hear, like to learn more about about each candidate. So that's what we're looking forward to doing. Uh, again, that's going to we're going to record those tomorrow, and that'll be out as a special show, be our final special show uh, leading up to the election next Tuesday, April 6th. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that. One and week from today. One week from today. So uh, again, we're looking forward to uh, sitting down with uh, former Mayor Chip Johnson and current Mayor Tom Ferguson to learn more about their vision for Hernando. Learn more about, I mean, as I said to you off air, Derek, uh, we're going to sit down with the two guys. Since I moved to Hernando, the only two mayors there have been has been Chip Johnson or Tom Ferguson. Yeah, I was here a year before you, so I had a year under Ed Gale. And I literally then, didn't even know who that was. <laughs> and, then, and then Chip, uh, and then, of course, now Tom. And, again, this is very unique. If you heard our other interviews, a lot of the questions were very similar. And, you know, didn't really get too in-depth because most of the can- – all of the candidates, except for the ones in, uh, for the at-large, are new candidates. So they don't have – in prior experience now again I don't want to slight Natalie she does have uh, three months now sitting on the seat but in, in all you know she didn't have to run the first time and so this is you know all new territory for them so we basic questions get to know them what their platform is going to be we got a little more in depth with Alderman at large but I think that uh, those that have listened to all of the different interviews that we've had this one you'll you know we're going to go in depth this is the CEO of the city and this is who people look to this is kind of the face of the city so we're going to go in depth uh, we're going to talk about the different departments you know the, their pastimes you know as as mayor and, and some other questions so i'm really looking forward to it i hope that you get a lot of information and again with one week left uh, until the election you can get you know the information that you need uh, without being able to talk to them directly to help you make an informed decision uh, for our mayor yeah and derek if you don't, if you allow me i'm going to give you the, the five kind of departments or five things that we're going to break things down it's gonna be fairly simple police department fire department public works planning department and then the parks department our, you know, we're going to talk about those five. That's the main things. I think that you said there's only two departments. Yeah, those are the ones that report, right? They each have exactly. a department head that reports to the mayor. Right, correct. department head that reports to the mayor. So why will we not talk about those five? So that's what we're going to do tomorrow. It's going to be a great interview. That'll be coming out hopefully before 9 a.m. on Wednesday, tomorrow. So hopefully share that. If you see it, share it, listen to it. Listen to it multiple times for all we care. But send it out to friends and family, uh, other people in your ward, people you go to church with, work with, etc. We feel like it's going to be a wonderful interview. And again, it's going to be the only 
time that these candidates, you can hear their voices, you can hear their visions uh, versus uh, any kind of a debate, which isn't happening right now due to coronavirus, or I don't even know if they had any of those set up. So we're looking forward to it. Again, the UCW podcast continues to say we are not a political show, but politics is and will always be a topic that we're going to talk about and talk about ways, different things to improve. And that's something that Derek and I are always going to take an interest in, good, positive things that can happen in this wonderful city we call home. Speaking of wonderful, Derek, a little bit of information about Hernando. Hernando will be getting, let's just call a, a nice, <laughs> we could argue all, all day if you want to about it. That's a whole other another show. Uh, Hernando is receiving some money from the act that was signed two weeks ago by President Joe Biden. A little bit of pocket change. Tell us about it. Mississippi is getting about $1.8 billion from the American Rescue Act. We got now have a better understanding of all the money that Mississippi is getting now by all the money, not the state itself, but everybody within the state. Mississippians will receive about $6 billion from the Federal American Rescue Act. This is an amount equal to the entire annual state general budget we'll be getting uh, this year. And this is, a, this is an amount that state leaders say could change Mississippi for better, of course, if it's spent wisely by the state and the county and the city governments. Now, this is kind of how this breaks down. I want to go through it pretty quickly uh, because I want to uh, mainly talk about Hernando and what it can mean for Hernando. So the $1.8 billion, of course, will be going to the state legislature. That's one we talked about last week. Well, now we know that $1.6 billion uh, will be going to K-12 education uh, in, for Mississippi. $97 million will be split up against metro cities. $258 million will be split up for smaller cities, including Hernando. Fernando. $577 million will be split up among the counties, and then $166 million will be for capital projects, primarily rural broadband access projects. So again, that's the breakdown that we have uh, of the approximately $6 billion that Mississippi were getting in different parts. What we, I mainly want to talk about today is, is as I said, part of the uh, $258 million for smaller cities. Hernando's part of that. Hernando, Matt, will be getting $3.7 million. Mm-hmm. $3.7 million. Now, again, this is not an annual $3.7 million. Correct. This is a one-time, one you just found $20 in your pocket, grandmama gave you $20 for your birthday, money. Uh, and so this is what I kind of want to just have a brief conversation about is what does this mean? Uh, and, and this is something we're going to ask the mayors about tomorrow too. This will be one of the questions is what is $3.7 million? What can Hernando use, you know, do with that money? Again, this is a one-time thing. This is something, you know, I, I would be against adding anything that would require annual payments, whether it be, you know, like hiring personnel, financing anything with a note, anything like that should not be done with a $3.7 million. Cause remember, this is not an increase to the budget. This is a one-time gift. So this needs to be spent on stuff that this, you know, do we, you know, everybody complains about paving. Does that need to be part of it? Everybody complains about, we don't have, you know, there was an ambulance at one time that we were lacking. Does that need to be part of it? Now, not the personnel, but the actual physical structure. So if you're saying, well, if you get an ambulance, we'll need an EMT within, maybe not that, maybe a fire truck, but no more firemen. Is there anything we need to replace? For my side of it, you know, I would say, okay, I've been dealing with the soccer association now for six or seven years. Well, uh, at the last time we quoted it, maybe to asphalt the soccer field, I mean, the, the soccer complex for $150,000, $200,000, pave the whole thing. Uh, maybe add the next field of lights, which is anywhere from sixty-five dollars to $90,000, depending on the type of lights, since you know, the, the second field has already been stubbed out. That's what you know. That's about three hundred thousand dollars. Just it's less than one one you know ten percent of this. That's what I would want. Some people say, okay, well, the animal shelter. What about that? What about purchasing the baseball field? Like, there's a, so many things. This is a one-time blanket gift that will be received sometime after May, according to what the legislatures are telling us. Basically, right in line with this new board, this is a huge, huge deal for Hernando for all cities in Mississippi. All cities. I mean, for huge gift. But especially for Hernando, because this is us under the water tower, and it has to be spent within three years. So this entire $3.7 million has to be spent by 2024, so it will involve everybody we've talked to, whoever's elected, that has to be spent during this board term. Derek, I've started working up our invoice to the city. Of Fernando, <laughs> for, uh, they could. This could be the Under the Water Tower podcast brought for, to you by the City of Fernando yeah, government. For, 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 for you know, for a certain amount of fee, we can work on. It that. doesn't have to be an annual. You can give yeah. us a one-time fee, and we yeah. will, we will. Yeah, yeah we I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for the yeah. rest we, of our lives, uh, exactly. <laughs> we we can work on. So I'm sure Brian Couch would be like, "Hey, I'm going to get out of the way. You should take this deal." You know, absolutely. But yeah, that's what I was circling back to say. Like you said, they should start to see it or get it. Uh, May of this year, a new board takes over July one of this year, and it has to be spent really in their term i mean that's you know within three years of their term which is that's going to be 
that this is something that a board of aldermen and a mayor have never seen before, never had that opportunity. But again, it really does allow the city to create a wish list and have the funds there to do some pretty neat things. And, yeah, that, so, and that's going to be multiple cities all across uh, the state of Mississippi. I mean, hometown cities, that type of stuff. You know, I mean, Natchez, you know, Natchez whatever. Natchez something. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unlike past federal, you know, the COVID-19 relief or stimulus funding, this money coming from to the states and to the cities right now has relatively few strings attached. So, or directives on how to spend it. Uh, and so, again, of course, in the much longer time, remember the last monies have been given that had to be spent this year on care stuff and that sort of thing. This, is, this has a three-year timeline, and right now they haven't really said anything it couldn't be used for. Now, they may come back and say, hey, look, you cannot pay down debt because we, we need this to go into the economy. Right now, that does not say that, but that, there could be some rules attached to it. So we'll kind of wait and see. But I'm sure by July 1st, they'll know what the rules are of the game is. And I would love to see and have that conversation, give and take about what this money could be used for. And I'm sure a, a lot of the uh, boards, I'm sure a lot of committees and nonprofits around town would also love to have their input as how that money should be spent. Well, we had multiple candidates say, hey, I want to, I want to get projects done. Hey, I want to get things done. Let's start getting stuff done. Well, man, we just got, we're about to get handed $3.7 million. And again, we could sit here and have a conversation about where it's coming from, why it's coming from. We could sit here and have the whole Dave Ramsey talk. I assure you, we could. That's not this show. It's coming. $3.7 million is going to be direct deposited in Hernando's checking account. And and with some, a little, you know, few strings attached from a, what do we spend on standpoint? So it's a very uh, neat and exciting time. Some of these different dream projects that Hernando may have dreamed about for years, whether it be a tennis complex, whether it be the purchase of those baseball fields, whether it be the soccer complex that, that you mentioned a second ago, uh, what a neat time. And uh, again, let's try not to get, I would hope, I would pray that it's not going to get bogged down in, in bureaucracy, bogged down in, quote-unquote, planning department issues, and let's rock and roll, man. Well, let's go. And again, luckily, now I would have loved to see like a you know, one-and-a-half to two-year time frame because you know how government loves, and I'm sure we'll go oh, yeah. all the way to, oh, the, yeah, yeah. To, the, to the second year and 364th day to spend this money. Sure. But again, three years is, for all intents and purposes, not a, a super long time. Right. I mean, again, it will be before the next election. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I'm looking forward to what happens with that. Now, for those of you that are interested, you know, just for the kind of the uh, other areas that we kind of cover, South Haven, they will be receiving $12,580,000. Obviously, it's based on per capita is how they split this money up. DeSoto County uh, will be getting Thirty-five million eight hundred and seventy thousand, and that's not the municipalities. No, that's the that's county. the county. The, the county. county, right? Yeah, that's that's now not. the county can help municipalities. Just sure, like of course, you know, they they, they pitched in a million dollars for the Mackinville Road Extended, right? So they can use it to help out municipalities, but that's the that's the supervisors getting that money to decide how to spend that. Again, I've started putting together my invoice for the <laughs> DeSoto County, you know, under the Water Tower podcast brought to you by the DeSoto County Board of Supervisors. We could make that happen for sure. But anyway, I mean, that's that's neat. Again, like I said, whole different show to talk about where the money's coming from. I mean, you could slam your fists on the table over and over again about uh, different spending and federal government spending. It's going to someone. It's going to to somebody why not Hernando, mississippi but it's going to be pretty neat to talk to talk to the mayors about that tomorrow but then also uh, what that looks like going forward you know what that looks like going forward uh derek I, I believe we're headed towards or it seems like no matter what we may be headed towards a very young board a younger board that's a younger board and right. definitely five new five new board yeah five no new matter how it yeah. works out there'll be five new yeah and in in one of the interviews by one of the mayor candidates at the, the sodacountynews.com they talked about the board being newer talked about the board having children still operating in, in the parks departments and stuff like that so man this is this is kind of exciting it's a whole nother uh you know aspect to everything well look that's going to sum up kind of some stuff going on locally again like we said a little we we, we do kid but the mackinville road uh fence update that we gave earlier definitely exciting mayor interviews coming up tomorrow and then Hernando Money, uh, exciting time right there. So we're going to expand out to the state. Not a whole lot going on in South Haven to talk about. So we're going to expand out to the state. We do have some neat bills that have passed uh, here in the last couple of days, or they're about to be signed by the governor. The first one does affect people uh, here in Hernando, Derek. It affects oh, yeah. people here in Hernando who might like to, um, you know, might like to enjoy their libations. What you got? So part of the uh, stimulus that also came for the American Recovery Act was uh, the fourteen hundred dollar payments. Some of that could now be used if, if you're just now, if you're one of the ones that are unfortunately getting yours a little later than everybody else. Well, Matt, yesterday, the Mississippi legislature passed House Bill 1135, which would allow home delivery of distilled spirits, a.k.a. liquor, in original containers from package stores, restaurants, bars, and distilleries. 
This bill now heads to the governor, Tate Reeves, for his signature. And if he signs it, it will go into effect July 1st. So pretty simple. Just like there's an Uber Eats, just like there's a Grubhub or something like that. Somebody that brings you your stuff. You could do that, and someone would bring you what you needed from the liquor store. My, my dad, I'm just saying my dad, I'm from Louisiana. <laughs> my dad would have really, and I mean really, enjoyed this. Well, you know how you're sitting there, and of course, you're maybe you start getting to that bottle of wine, and you're on that first, second glass. Next thing you look up, I really need that. I really would like that third glass, and, and just call it a night. And Oh, no, I'm out. Well. You no longer have to put your shoes on, throw on the pants, yeah. whatever. You could just have them, bring them to your door yeah. and finish and, and open another bottle of wine. When you can't tell, you couldn't tell your teenager to go grab it for you. Could, so. no, can't do that. Can't, can't, hey, can you no. run the store? No, no, no. Exactly. They can bring it to you. Of course, during the ice storm, if they could, if they had a Jeep. Oh, that would have been it. If they could have a Jeep. And it been well, a, month a Jeep ago, or like a 4 by 4 Just, man. That would have been it. That would have been a way to go. So, pretty simple. I mean, like... Uber Drinks. I mean, is that the name of the company? I mean, it, Man, somebody, somebody right now just heard that and they've just put together a, a business plan. You know what? And yeah. Working well, there, right you now. and I, in 2020, we started multiple businesses, which we'll talk about here in just a second. But uh, what, that may be what, what we need to do is put that together. <laughs> that's what, we need one more thing to take us around, away from our families. I'll, I'll let somebody thing. else have that. <laughs> exactly. I'll have them bring it to me. I'll be perfectly fine with it. Right. Something else, Derek, that's uh, interesting to most of us. A lot of people that listen to us are, you know, Mississippi State fans, Ole Miss fans, Alabama fans, Memphis fans. Something else happened. Tate Reeves is, is in the process of looking at possibly signing uh, something that's probably been in the works for a number of years. It is a, a bill that would allow college athletes here in the state of Mississippi to, for lack of a better word, take advantage of or be able to benefit from financially uh, their likeness, ben- benefit from uh, you know maybe uh, an endorsement deal or something like that. Uh, Derek, tell us about that. Well, Matt, it's called the Mississippi Intercollegiate Athletics Compensation Rights Act. That's, that's a mouthful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it will land on the desk of Governor Tate Reeves uh, this week. If signed into law, Mississippi would become the seventh state to enact such legislation, which was set to take place on July 1st, which will be the same day that the one Florida has already signed will, take pl- will go into effect. This bill specifically outlines that a student athlete in Mississippi would be able to earn compensation for the use of their likeness and retain an agent to help them do so both of which are currently prohibited by the NCAA. So again, this is for their likeness only. They can get an agent to help them with their likeness only. Like all the other uh, proposals, this would not allow individual schools to pay athletes, and any payments would have to come from local businesses. So in other words, the school can't say, hey, man, we really do appreciate you going for 200 yards last week. We're going to write you a check. No, it has to be a, a for their likeness from, the, uh, you know, from sponsors, whether it be a, a dealership, whether it be – you know, some type of restaurant that wants to, whatever they want to do to, to read ads or to come on there and try to sell whatever, just like, you know, our ads for the show. Uh, if they want to do that because of who they are, they can make money off that. The school cannot pay them to do that. The bill does have language that attempts to limit the possibility of recruiting violations, including lines that state, quote, no student athlete may earn compensation in exchange for the student athlete's athletic ability or participation in intercollegiate athletics or sports competition. Additionally, a student athlete cannot enter into an NIL agreement until they are enrolled at the university. So, in other words, just because you may be the number one ranked defensive lineman out of Mississippi, they you cannot get a likeness, you know, contract or anything like that until you have signed with a school. Once you sign with the school, then you will be able to get that that. Thing. And again, you cannot be paid by the school for how well you perform on the field. Now, again, this is obviously outside of what the NCAA allows. Uh, there are there are some lawsuits going on right now. The NCAA is looking at this, and it will set to take place on July 1st. Uh, what they've been told is it will not, if you're in a state where this is allowed, it will not affect that student athlete, You know, penalize them if, if this were to happen and the NCAA comes down and for some unknown reason decides not to let them do that, which I cannot imagine. I'm hoping after all this and you know all these states, that are, you know, seventh state passing it, that at some point they get the message, hey, man, if they want to sell a jersey, let them sell a jersey. If they want to have a Facebook account where people come and pay them for Facebook ads, let them get paid. But again, we'll see what happens. Uh, it will not affect them. It says puts the schools in our state. If we did not pass this, what I think you would start seeing is other states saying, hey, man, you can come to our state and make money. You can come to our state and sell a car. You know, you can come to our state and maybe, you know, be a, some type of restaurants, you know, whatever, a face of a restaurant or a franchise. And, you know, we could lose, we be Mississippi, could lose recruits, you know, if this was not in place. So, again, this, there's a lot of stuff that's tied together, and a lot of things are, you know, what the NCA, you know, decides, what the federal government may have to step in and decide. A lot is still going on, but this is, it's, 
I'm glad that Mississippi, instead of being 70th, which of course you can't be, but at 50th, at least they're seventh. You know, this is we're toward the front on wanting to get this done, and I think it's the right thing because far too long, you know, the schools been making a ton of money off these kids, and again, not not the schools paying them. The they're getting an education to go there. They're getting a, they're getting a scholarship to go there, but actually be able to make it because of you know of the likeness. Derek, this is a perfect time to be talking about this, and I'll tell you why. The last two weekends, what have we watched? We watched the NCAA tournament. There is, I think the NCAA makes almost a billion dollars off the men's basketball tournament. So all those all those guys out there, you know, getting an education, getting scholarships, all the not all not all of them are scholarships. Some are walk on. Most majority of them sure are, are scholarship players. But again, there's coaches making three million dollars a year, athletic directors making almost a million dollars a year. Uh, those type of things. And those kids are out there, uh, that's where the NCAA basically funds their entire budget of stuff is off that NCAA tournament. Right, because in, and for the audience, remember, the NCAA does not run college football. Correct. College football is out, and they, they, they oversee it, but the college football bowl games and such are not run by the NCAA. That's outside the NCAA championships. Right, that's exactly right. So they don't benefit from that. I mean, like you said, they oversee legality and stuff like that. Not not, not legal, but the rules that they right. people have to abide by and stuff like that. You know, like sleeping on a coach's couch. That's that's, uh, right. that's frowned upon. Frowned upon. Sleep, Terrible. Sleep, not having anything anywhere to go, playing a little bit of Nintendo, sleeping on a coach's couch, definitely, definitely frowned upon. And I think it sure. also helps the colleges too because right now, you know, you're seeing a lot more talk about one and dones. Uh, you're seeing, you know, how just this last year, several football players just set out because yeah. they, they blamed it on COVID. But could it be the norm where, hey, I had a great freshman and sophomore year. I'm just going to work out my junior year and go pro because you know, right now you do have to wait three years uh, after going to college or after graduating high school before you can enter the NFL draft. So I think this would help that. That's okay, well, now if I'm a top basketball player, but maybe, you know, because the G League was starting to take kids. Right. The G League was starting to say, hey, look, you can come earn $100,000. Instead of going to college for a year, you can come play here for a year, play against pros, get better. Well, now if, you know if you can go to college, have a good time, get, you know, to start an education, and also be able to get paid for your likeness, G League may not look so good yeah. because you get more playing time, you know, in college. Right. So absolutely. and get you know, there's some really good coaches in college. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But I'm just I'm glad Mississippi was on the forefront, went ahead and took it. Uh, same like there was you know House and Senate were able to come together. You know, within a two or three months time frame. So I would say that's pretty quickly get it done, get it to the governor. I don't. He has not said any kind of comments that he would not sign it. So I do expect it to be in place July first. Like you said, I like the idea of being on the forefront. Let's go ahead and be in the first, you know, seven to to have this passed and looked at. So it's pretty pretty neat. Kind of wrapping up some state talk, a little bit of state law, state legislature talk. We talked last Friday, our last Friday show, we talked about the medical marijuana bill. Uh, we talked about that, still have some things to work on, still having some stuff to work on. Derek, we, we It wasn't dead necessarily, but it's, it's it definitely has uh, last leg type situations where they're still working on it and, and doing some different things. So look, here's what I would like our listeners to do, uh, the UTW podcast listeners. The guys over at the OB Pod, OB Pod, our brother podcast, had an opportunity to visit with Kevin. Kevin Blackwell, Senator over in Olive Branch, who gave a wonderful nine or ten minute interview of this exact topic. He talked about this topic. He, he summed up everything that's going on with the legislature when it comes to the medical marijuana bill. So please seek out the OB pod. Listen to that interview. It was from yesterday's show. They released very early in the morning. Uh, that show, some wonderful interviews on that. Kevin Blackwell is one of the interviews. Some of the candidates or one of the candidates for mayor of Olive Branch was on that show. And Derek Austin Eldridge. Austin Eldridge was on that show as well. So we're going to sit down with Deputy Eldridge hopefully sometime this week, uh, hopefully sometime in the next seven days, and, and have an opportunity to speak with him, talk with him about the, the, you know his life and, and what's going on there. But again, OB Pod, seek them out. Kevin Blackwell talked all about the medical marijuana bill going on currently in the legislature. So please, seek them out, listen for that, and educate yourself on where the medical marijuana bill stands for the state of Mississippi. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local State Farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and longtime local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, auto, home, and business. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer locally at 429-5213. 
That's 429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. That's Lauderdale Insurance Agency on Facebook. North Point will be holding their final open house next Sunday, April 11th at 2 p.m. Have you been waiting for the right time to attend? Don't miss the final open house opportunity to preview the point. To register your attendance on April 11th, call Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5137. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Don't delay. Register today. That number again is 662-349-5127. They can't wait to meet you and have you join their North Point family. Are you looking for help planning your summer getaway? Please reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher at Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, Yellowstone Park, or a tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can reach Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited. Well, Derek, it's Tuesday, and every Tuesday here on the UTW Podcast, we turn our attention to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week, provided to us by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum. Each and every week, we talk about the museum located right across the street from Area 51 Ice Cream and Blue Ribbon Cleaners. Please consider visiting the museum soon. They're open 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. That's 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. A perfect place to take your family to learn more about the county you live in. Derek, DeSoto County Fact of the Week this week is... Well, many of you who drive down Commerce Street, if you've noticed, there's a bell sitting out front of the museum. And that bell is the DeSoto County's original courthouse bell, circa 1836 and is now displayed there in the front of the DeSoto County Museum on East Commerce Street, formerly known as the Holly Springs Road before being changed to Commerce Street. The bell, which survived numerous fires, including the 1939 fire that destroyed the 1872 French Castle Courthouse, has been in private hands for many years and resurfaced after decades of disappearing. It still has a deep, rich tone to it, and any youngster can have a chance to ring this historic bell when they visit the DeSoto County Museum, 111 East Commerce Street in Hernando. So again, if you want your young, you know, youngsters, grandchildren, children to go by, and it, well, I'm sure Rob would even let you, you know, somebody your age or my age, Matt, <laughs> ring it if you if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but go out there and you'll see that bell. Give, give it a ring. That's the original bell from the uh, DeSoto County Courthouse. I started all the way back in 1836. Wow, another great fact of the week coming to us from DeSoto County Museum. Rob Long and his staff would love to serve you 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Stop by anytime for a tour. Rob can help you through a tour, or you, you can walk through on your own leisure. It's entirely up to you, but the DeSoto County Museum is a great asset to this community. And speaking of bringing good things to the community, Derek, the production company you and I have created, Rooster Production, in tandem with Mississippi Music. Mississippi Music is a local, I won't say record label necessarily, but it's a, it's a local company that is working towards uh, working with singer-songwriters, working with artists in this area to bring good quality music uh, here to the DeSoto County and here to the Mid-South. So Mississippi Music and Rooster Production have partnered up for our inaugural Water Tower Sessions. First one will be happening Friday, May. 14th. That's Friday, May 14th, which is the Friday before a fair. You and I both know if you can catch a fair on an 85 degree day, the night before a fair should be a really good time. But we're going to be having a singer songwriter night located right there at the Panola Courtyard, Friday, May 14th, right before the uh, a fair. Tickets will be on sale starting at noon today. That's noon today. Tickets will be on sale. MississippiMusic.com. Don't ask me to spell it. Just listen to how I say it. MississippiMusic.com is where you can get your, your tickets, get information about this show. Only 200 tickets will be sold. Only 200 tickets will be sold. It'll be a wonderful night. Again, if we can catch a break with the weather, it'll just be a great night. Singer-songwriters telling stories about their music, telling stories about their songs. This is exactly what a lot of people in Hernando enjoy, and I think it's something that we're going to have a lot of good success with. 
Man, I'm really looking forward to it. And for those of y'all, Mississippi Music, M-I-S-S-I-H-I-P-P-I-E-M-U-S-I-C.com. So go there, and if you want to, click, click on the website. You'll see the singer-songwriters that will be a part of the first show. And just going to be a really cool deal. They're gonna, it's going to be about a two-hour show uh, that the doors are going to open at 7.30. The program will start about 8. They'll, they'll do their their telling they'll kind of tell how they got started what got them into music how they you know how they write their songs what inspires them and then the, all three of them will take about two hours to do all that and then the court after that the courtyard will be left open uh you know just to kind of hang out and just talk to them afterwards again this is a um you know no food provided anything like that uh you're welcome to provide your own your own drinks uh you're welcome to bring your own coolers own brown bags into the event and you know but just come and sit down again only 200 tickets uh with it they're going to go pretty fast again go to the website go ahead and start signing up all the tickets will be purchased through that website and man uh something that i'm i'm kind of proud of is that that we're doing this in conjunction uh with the desoto arts council some of the proceeds from this will be going a portion of it to the desoto arts council because this is i mean obviously music is a form of art and just trying to bring this to the Hernando community i'm uh, really looking forward to this and this you know we don't plan on this being the only one uh, i think you called it the inaugural because we do plan on having these a few times a year and just bringing just a really good regional talent coming from all around the southeast and, and maybe even uh, from other parts of the, of the country to come and just to play their original songs all their original albums all of these can be found on spotify there's even a um there's even a uh, spotify uh, playlist called miss a hippie music if you want to look that up so again really looking forward to it matt and uh, and glad that um you know this can be brought to hernando absolutely Derek. we're excited to partner up with those guys uh, about you know with this project uh Derek, you and i are pretty much doers we get tired of hearing people say you know what should happen or you know what i wish was here that type of stuff we kind of file that away and, and and we do it and that's kind of what we're putting together i think it's gonna be a heck of a night only 200 tickets will be sold mississippimusic.com visit the site learn more about the show and that's where you can buy your tickets but again it's going to sell out fast and i think it's going to be a wonderful night and hopefully Derek, it'll be something that we do every single year we're going to have multiple shows we're going to have water tower sessions they're going to be at multiple places throughout the year really exciting to be this first one so i can't wait for it we feel like it's going to be a very exciting thing under the water tower for a number of years speaking of something that's been a success under the water tower for multiple decades doctors seymour paroli and trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile the practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, and implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with a relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 for the DFDC difference. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again, 662-892-8419, or their website, greenkingspray.com. They're my lawn service. They should be your lawn service. And remember, if you want it green, call the king. Derek, you asked me off air, hey, do you think William Services can handle this when it comes to, an, I think, an issue with your uh, plants from the from the ice and everything? Yeah, I lost all several plants, man. They're, yeah. they're looking bad. They're several looking really, plants. Really bad. That's the kind of thing William Services can help you with. If you're looking for help with winter cleanup, tree trimming, any type of stuff like that for your outside, gates, new gates, fencing, that type of stuff, now's the time to call William Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. William Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, winter cleanups. Again, as I was mentioning to Derek, 
Now's the time to call them for help with any of those plants that didn't make it through the ice. You can find Richard at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Uh, as we promised last week, or actually we've been, probably been promising for the last two or three shows, catching up on baseball and softball, I sat down this weekend and, and got caught up. want to thank, uh, first of all, Coach Anthony Jenkins, who really helped. He's the, the DeSoto County Athletic Director. Really helped me to kind of compile and kind of catch up on the records uh, for all the softball teams uh, and the baseball teams in the county. Now, and as we talked before, we're going to leave uh, Center Hill and Olive Branch, we're going to leave that to the OB pod. They'll be discussing those uh, softball and baseball teams throughout the rest of the season, mainly focusing on district play. And so what I'm going to be, I'm going to be focusing on right now, and our show is going to be focusing on, are the rest of the teams in the county uh, going forward. So what I'm going to do real quick, uh, I'm going to go through each team. We're going to start with softball, as we always do, start with the ladies first. And I'm going to go very quickly, give their records, any kind of you know rankings, which for softball it's just one team, uh, rankings that they may have, and kind of let you know kind of where they you know, sit in district, which district play actually Matt starts this week. So we have not missed anything. Uh, everything that we'll be talking about right now, outside of I think of two games total, or or non-district games, just kind of leading up to that. So again, we're going to start uh, under the water tower with Hernando. Matt, your Hernando Tigers are 17 and one. Uh, when I compiled the record, they did get a win after that record, and so they are now 18 and one. They are number two in the state, number 27 in the nation. So really good softball team right here in Hernando. Uh, they are led by a couple of ladies, Riley Eister. Uh, Riley is batting 542 with uh, a home run, a uh, couple doubles, a couple triples. And Jacqueline Carter bat- batting 528. Uh, she has two home runs and about seven doubles. So, again, a real good batting lineup, top of the lineup. And we also know a couple of the pitchers uh, on the team. So, again, a really good start to the season. Uh, district play coming. They're going to look pretty strong. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick them for the district. Oh, there you go. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and pick them for the district. Let me write that down. Uh, so, we've got Hernando down. going to win. Uh, their district now is Region 6, 6A, Region 2. Now, Matt, I, I'm going to go over this real quick. So, in Region 2, we have Hernando, South Panola, Starkville, Greenville, Horn Lake, Oxford, and South Haven. Where are the rest of them? Yeah, in Region 1, yeah. Tupelo, Lewisburg, DeSoto Central, Olive Branch. So seven teams versus four? Yeah. That's good. So uh, I'm still going to give it to Hernando. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's got, aggressive. Got a tougher road, uh, tougher road to hoe, but I'm going to go ahead and say give it to Hernando out of the Region 2. Again, that's who they play. They uh, they next play South Panola, which, again, I just mentioned, is a district game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to open district play this week with them. South Panola already 1-0. So I did mention there are a couple that have already In district. played. In okay. district uh, with a win over Starville. So this will be their second district game, Hernando's first. Next, we're going to go to uh, Horn Lake, coming off of a 7-6 to six win over Independence. That brought their record to 4-2. and two. They're currently 4-2. and two. They next play at Lake Cormorant, which, of course, uh, is a non-conference game. Before they open district play next week, their first district game, Hernando. Hey, let's slow down. Hernando 18-1. and one, so They've played 19 softball games. Horn Lake has played six? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, North Point's played four. We'll get to that in just a oh second. It, it's all over the board here. Next, South Haven. Matt, you know, we, we, we struggled with Lake Cormorant, you know, in the basketball. So, South Haven's one and nine. Uh-oh. South Haven's one and nine. Um, they one more off. loss. We're not talking about them again. <laughs> they started off. Uh, they play at Lewisburg tonight. Loss. Uh, which is, again, that is a non-conference game sure, because sure. That's, that's region one. Uh, and then they open district play Wednesday against Hernando. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, probably a rough start there to South Haven. Uh, next, we have Lewisburg. Again, this is now back to – now we're in region one. Coming off an 11-1 to win at Arlington. That brought their record to 9-4. and four. They are 1-0 and oh in district. They have put a district game. They now play South Haven next, which I just mentioned, and then TRA this week. So they have two non-conference games this week, and then they'll start district, get back into district then uh, after Easter. DeSoto Central, they defeated Picayune High School 6 to nothing. We did have stats on this one, so I do appreciate all coaches tweeting out stats. If you could tweet at UTWPod, at UTWPod. Uh, they did tweet. Chesney Beckham was dominant. She had 13 strikeouts for the 6 nothing win. Uh, they are now 8-5 eight and eight and five and will play Bartlett and St. Benedict this week, obviously non-conference games, and then we'll start district play next week. And then finally, North Point. North Point girls are 1-3. Also started off kind of rough. Uh, we're hoping to, to turn that around. They're 1-3, and, and they have three games this week against St. George's, district game, Whitehaven, and ECS, so two district games this week for North Point. Whitehaven's not a district game? Whitehaven, not a district game, Matt. That would be a, a 6A Tennessee school. Uh, we are a Division II. Private school. Private school. 
<laughs> so now we're going to uh, the only 5A team that we're going to cover, Lake Cormorant. Lake Cormorant plays in 5A Region 1. They are they start district play out, uh, at Saltillo this week. They are 7-6. and six, And then, again, they start uh, uh, district play with Saltillo and then followed at the end of the week by a non-conference game at Horn Lake. So that now we are up to date on these softball records. We have one ranked team uh, in softball. And again, at UTW Pod, we started following all of the softball accounts that we could find or all of the athletic accounts for these teams. Please tweet out your scores, box scores if you can, anything like that, because the more that you do that, the more we can celebrate the young ladies uh, on the podcast, and we love to do that. Let's make sure everyone understands, especially parents, we are not following teenage girls to get these softball no, scores. No, we're, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I'm not liking a player. I'm not adding a player. This is straight from the school's accounts, which, again, is why I'm looking for whoever has a Twitter account to please do that. And, again, we're going to update this. Now, this is a Tuesday, but we're going to start doing this every Friday, Matt. Uh, This is going to be because they play multiple games a week. We may, If there's a great game, uh, as we get into the playoffs, we'll start covering it every show. But right now, maybe once a week we're going to hit softball, baseball score because they could be playing three, four games a week. So, by by Friday, they could have had a a Monday night or, or Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Friday games that's just really tough to keep up with sure. uh so we'll t- we'll update records uh every friday now turning to baseball now this these are a little i guess the, the district's a little more evenly split we'll start under the water tower a region two for 6a it consists of hernando horn lake oxford and south haven pretty reasonable uh so and hernando they are now seven and eight they beat Lake Cormorant 9-2 to the last game they played this past friday night now all games saturday were rained out there sure. were several on saturday that were rained out uh, they play at home tonight versus South Haven. So they're 7-8 and eight, uh, with a, a home game tonight versus South Haven, which, of course, opens district play. Next, Horn Lake. Uh, they lost their 3-9. and nine, Excuse me. They were 3-9 and nine when I got the record. They lost 7-3 to three, uh, to Lewisburg Friday night. They are now 3-10. and 10. Next up is Oxford in Oxford. Again, their first district game. Next, South Haven. They started. Uh, got their record at four and six. They defeated South Panola Friday night, fifteen to twelve, which moves them to five and six. They next play at Hernando for the first district game, and then finally we'll go over to district for baseball. We'll go over to Region One in six A. The Region One consists of Tupelo, Lewisburg, DeSoto Central, and Olive Branch. Lewisburg. I love Lewisburg. Thank you for tweeting out names. Cade Greer improved to three and zero for the Patriots on a seven to three victory over Horn Lake. They are now 9-3, so I received their record at 8-3, and three, and they did win. They next play DeSoto Central at DeSoto Central tonight. Uh, so that will be a, a great game to start the season, both Lewisburg and DeSoto Central, which reminds me, turning to ranked teams. DeSoto Central ranked third in the state currently uh, as of uh, yesterday morning. This is as of Monday. DeSoto Central and Lewisburg is ranked ninth. So you have number three versus number nine uh, going for the first district games tonight. DeSoto Central, just mentioned them, they're coming off a 10 nothing loss to North Point. Uh, they, yeah, which I heard was nothing nothing in the fifth inning. They pull a kid, and next kid like hits a batter, walks some people, whatever. It fell apart, and they got 10 run ruled in that one inning. In one inning. They scored, North Point scores 10 runs. So that's the number third team in the straight, in no, state? No, no, okay. No. Oh, yeah. no, you no, say no. so. Okay. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm, look, this was as of Monday, so this was after that game. After that game, so is it? Is it? Are they? Who ranks them? CentralMississippi.com that we talked about. Capital last Sports MS. Oh Capital Sports MS.com. Yeah, the number three team in the state does not lose ten nothing at zero zero in the fifth. Yes, that's exactly how it happened. Zero zero. Uh, North Point scored ten in the top of the fifth. Uh, three up, three down in the bottom of the fifth, and so they were ten run ruled. Uh, the again, they play Lewisburg tonight at home to start district, and then finally, that's all the six A region five uh, region one. Excuse me, five A. We have Saltillo Lafayette. Lake Cormorant and Center Hill. We will only be covering Lake Cormorant. Lake Cormorant is, I got their record at 7-9. and nine. Uh, As I mentioned, they did lose to Hernando 9-2. to two. So now they were 7-10. Their next game is the district game uh, with Lafayette this week at home. So they've been at, they start off district this week. So again, most of the teams, if not all of them, are starting district this week. And then finally, North Point coming off the 10-0 victory over DeSoto Central. They start district play against Harding this week. So, again, they're coming off the 10-0 victory, a 6-2, and two, uh, playing Harding this week. UTW podcast listeners, as we mentioned, we're, we're not going to dive deep into who's you know hitting into double plays and batting averages and all kinds of stuff like that. We're obviously going to cover the Hernando Tigers. Hernando has a big following in baseball, Derek. I really I love passing by there when they play at night and, and seeing you know a full crowd. My son always wants to go to the games now and stuff, which is – that's what I grew up doing was going to, to high school baseball games and certainly playing as a high school player. So get out and support these young men and young women as best you can. Wow, Derek, that's awesome. I mean, number two in the state for Hernando Tigers. 
Tigers and, and ranked nationally in the softball ranks. That's pretty awesome. I do know I've picked my son up a couple of times when practice was over and there was no parking spots, no no nothing. I mean, the, it's not a huge field over there behind the middle school. Uh, but if you have an opportunity to get out there and, and watch these uh, young ladies play, uh, please do. Trust me, if you want to know the dates and times of these games, find them on Instagram, find them on Twitter, uh, even call the, uh, the middle school and high school. They can tell you because some of the middle school players play for the high school from a JV standpoint. All right, and easily, if, if, you, if you're in eighth grade and you can play, they're going to they're pull you up. Yeah, absolutely. So good luck to the Lady Tigers. Good luck to the Tigers right here under the water tower. Good luck to all the other uh, young men and young women that are playing softball. We continue to say it. We haven't said it in a couple of weeks because we haven't covered sports. Be glad you're playing. Think about last year right at this time. Uh, all the seniors, all the people that you were friends with and knew, they were done. Some of their uh, high school careers were done, and we certainly uh, you know, wish you guys the best of luck going on this season. If you enjoy what you hear each and every Tuesday and Friday, please find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter, as Derek mentioned moments ago, UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. Please continue to share our show with friends, family, Hernando Happenings, Facebook, anywhere you can. Let everyone know that the UTW podcast is covering local politics, local sports, local positive news, DeSoto County Fact of the Week, all those different things that people are so nice to tell us about, tell us that they enjoy. Please continue to share it. Also want to encourage you to subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify, anything like that. Hit the subscribe button so you'll know each time that we release a show, whether it be a Tuesday, Friday normal shows or our Wednesday special shows. That way you can keep up with what we're doing here at the UTW Podcast. Please find and listen to our brother podcast, OB Pod. Really simple, OB Pod. Find and listen to those guys. Zach and Cash are doing a wonderful job over there. They continue to grow, get great feedback. They're starting to have advertisers that are reaching out to them saying we have to be on the OB pod. So please seek out OB pod as soon as you can. As we wrap up, please remember the mayor candidate show will air tomorrow. We will have it out sometime mid-morning tomorrow, Wednesday, March 31st. It will be a big show. It'll be an opportunity for you to hear from the candidates, hear from Chip Johnson, hear from Tom Ferguson, what they think about the last 16 years of being mayor in City of Fernando and what the next four years look like. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Coming out tomorrow, be sure and share that episode. Educate yourself as voters of Fernando. Educate yourself as voters uh, that that want to make the right decision, want to make a high-quality decision for our city and the growth and the future of our city. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty little girl. Same grade as 